What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Diamond Talk. Yo, today we got a great episode for you. We're going to be talking about the AL West. Oh, man, look, this is this is a division that, that can get crazy. You have some, some pretty, I'm not going to say great teams, but you have some teams that can make some moves, and you also have some up-and-coming teams, or, or so Mr. Riley hopes. But before we get to that, man, we have Nick and Rob here as always. Rob, Nick, man, how you guys doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. Pretty good. Ready to dive into the uh, AL West here. Um, and like you said, a very interesting division. Uh, I think that the simplest way to describe it would be there is a influx of talent that should be coming into this division, but there's also a bunch of no names, um, just to be quite frank. And yeah, I think that's why it might possibly be the most interesting division in baseball. Yeah, I'm doing good, man. Uh, I was, I'm was i feeling sick. I'm not sure if it's one I, from what I ate or from looking at these rosters and what's going to happen with AOS this year. But uh, we could talk about this division as being a good division maybe three years. But right now, it's uh, it's top-heavy to say the least. Yeah, and it, it, gets, it gets pretty ugly, man. And look, man, let's just start it off, right? So last year was kind of that, that weird year where we didn't really have a, a lot of consistency. But there's only one team in this division that finished above 500 last year. That is insane. And again, look, obviously it was just 60 game season, but for only one team to finish above 500, it is ridiculous. So look, let's get started with, our, with the last place team. And this is a team that we, <laughs> uh, the news from this team and kind of the, probably the biggest news for this entire season for this team is that they're going to allow all their fans in at the stadium. This is kind of huge for them, right? So they, they have a new stadium. They were supposed to unveil it last year. You know, obviously every everybody knows COVID happened, so that wasn't something they could do. But this year, the Rangers are coming in hard, man. And they've said already that they're going to allow full capacity. So let's let's get right to it. Right to it. I, I'm going to start with you, Nick. These This Ranger team, I know you're a little bit higher on them than, than Rob is, so that's why I want to start, start with you. But, man, what is your outlook on the Texas Rangers? They're going to be bad this year, but they do have some talent coming up, and there's some guys that I do want to see. Uh, Isaiah kind of falefa has been a solid position player. He's been floating between catcher, shortstop, second, and third. He'll be their starting shortstop now that Elvis Andrews is gone, and that's a big loss. Those are big shoes to feel. He's <clears throat> Elvis Andrews is a solid Major League Baseball player. He's a solid shortstop. Like <clears throat> in any other era of shortstop, he would probably be a top three to five guy. But in this era, he's just middle of the pack, and it's a good middle of the pack. So that's a big bat to lose and also a leader on the field for them. He, he was there his entire career, so that's a big loss. And so Kiner Falefa is going to try to fill those shoes. He's a gold glove caliber defender at any position he plays. And so once he's now going to be out of the catcher role, it's going to be really interesting to see how he ends up doing. But I'm also looking at Willie Calhoun. I think he's going to come through and hopefully stay injury-free this year. If so, that's an all-star caliber bat. He's been a top prospect for a long time, and the shine has just worn off of him because of the injuries. Um, they picked up Nate Lowe from the Rays, and anytime you get a player from the Rays, you got to ask yourself, what do they know that I don't, and how bad is his drop-off going to be? But if not, he's got some good power. I mean, he, especially in Texas, I know it's the new field, and it doesn't play as, as small as the old stadium in Arlington. He still has 40 home run pop in that bat. And then you got Joey Gallo locking it down, maybe a trade chip. But Joey Gallo is an absolute stud power hitter. Um, I mean, he's at the end of his career, he's probably going to be a trivia question of who has the most home runs for anybody who's hit under 200 in their career, which may not be the trivia question you want to be the answer to, but he's still got tons of pop. The, the real problem with this team is the pitching. You have Ian Kennedy sitting in the starting rotation, who was a closer for the Royals re- most recently, and that's not a good guy to have in your starting rotation and planning on that. But there are some guys coming up with uh, Dane Dunning, who they got from the White Sox. He's been a number one prospect uh, for a while. Maybe not number one, but he's a, he's a top prospect. So they have some guys coming up. They're going to be fun to watch. It's going to be a young team. We could be talking about this team in three to five years as being something. Um, they are the 14th ranked um, minor league system in the bigs right now. So they're just middle of the pack, but they have a lot of guys that could turn into everyday major leaguers. The one that I'm really, really looking forward to this year is Josh Jones, or sorry, Josh Junes. He looks like he could have some good pop at third base, and Rugnit Ordor is going to be starting at third base this year instead of second base because they're bringing up Nick Solak and giving him some run. And Rugnit Ordor is 
he's just not good enough to hold down any spot. So I think he's just going to fill in while the young guys get their feet wet. But by the end of the season, I wouldn't be surprised if Odor's on another team or just not playing every day. But when you get into the bullpen, there's only one guy that we know, at least that I know, Jose Leclerc. And he is so shaky in the closer role that he just never holds on to it. And there's not anybody else in that bullpen that can take it from him. That's going to be the problem. So you might have a closer who's going to stay their closer and has an ERA of five. And that really is their best option out of the bullpen. And that's why, I mean, I have the range, I think, I don't 100 losses because I just don't see them putting anything together consistently. And the top of the division is so heavy good with the Oakland A's and the Houston Astros. And even the Angels, I just don't see the Rangers beating those teams on a consistent basis. And when you've got 57 games, which is almost a third of your season between those three teams, it's going to be real tough to get out of the cellar. Man, yeah, this is this is a tough team. And you kind of hit on, on the major points here, so I'm not going to get too into it. But it's not a team with a lot of star power, right? Your biggest star is probably Joey Gallo. He's the only person in the lineup that you really – Really fear he's the only one that's ever done anything. But then you also mentioned he, he's hitting a whopping uh, 190 Sutton in his career, most likely. So it, it's not a consistent bat that you're afraid of. You can get around that bat. You know, I think they're looking for a big step up in, in Willie Calhoun. He has a, a pretty nice bat as far as how he, how fast he gets the bat to the ball, which is something that's really important. And we'll see how that works out for him. But you know, one big name that is there that needs a big comeback year because last year he struggled hard is Chris Davis. He's likely going to, he's probably going like, to likely slide into their full-time DH role. We'll, we'll see what happens with him. He's probably not a guy that you want on the bench. He is making, he is making a lot of money to be on that team. So it, it just, it, it's not a, a great looking team. It, it's hard to be excited about them. Cause you know, even if they overperform, you're, you're, you're hoping for 70 wins if they overperform. So it, it's not a team that that's you know, you're going to be excited about. They lost a lot of guys, you know. Dane Dunning, which you mentioned, he's a guy who I'm excited that he finally gets an opportunity to start because he has looked good when he when he was on the mound with with uh, Chicago and when he was in the minors. But he's just not a guy that that's ever had like that that overpowering stuff. He, he has a decent spin rate, but everything else has kind of been pretty meh. So we'll see if he can translate that in some quality outings. You know, when I look at this team, I think of who's going to get traded from here. Who's who's a possible trade candidate? And you know, you mentioned Jose Leclerc. I, I think that's a guy that they might want to get value from. You know, Cal uh, Gibson is a guy that might have some value, and I don't know if they're, they're, they're going to look to trade him or not. You know, I, I doubt it right now, but it, it's a possibility. You know, if Chris Davis comes back, he he's another guy that you can possibly trade. And and Joy Gallo, he's a guy that needs to get on a contender to see if he can actually you know do something, but. Man, it's it's an ugly team. I, I personally also have them losing a hundred games. It's for for me, it's a very top heavy division, just because the bottom is such such the bottom. I have them losing a hundred games, and not they're not even my last place team. So it, it's it's a it just shows how weak the division is at the bottom. Rob, I'm gonna kick it over to you, man. What's your outlook on these on these Rangers? Yeah, I think they're I think they are the worst team in this division. I. Similarly to Nick, I have them losing 102 games this year. There's not like, it's not like we're trying to purposely, you know, shit on the Rangers or anything, but they're just not that good of a team. And it's, it's right there when you look at their roster, right? If, if you're an average baseball fan, I I challenge you to look up the Texas Rangers roster and actually see how many of these guys you can actually name. Because I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm, I'm probably, you know, someone who's, more invested in in baseball than the average fan and even I have a hard time maybe naming more than 10 12 like it's not there's going to be a lot of guys on this team who whose MLB service time is probably less than two years probably less than three years um for the most part we're going to be seeing a lot of new faces the Rangers are for the most part embracing a full rebuild so that's exactly what they should be doing right they have their new ballpark they expect a lot of revenue to come from that new ballpark if you're going to go into a rebuild, they try to uh, they kind of try to advance that rebuild a little bit. We know that they were involved in the um, Anthony Rendon sweepstakes and they ended up losing out to the Angels. But, you know, I do think the Rangers down the line because, you know, quite fr- quite frankly, they have that new ballpark. They're going to be getting the revenue. So I do think they're going to have the money and they're going to be players down the line. 
not necessarily for a superstar kind of player, but, you know, for like a guy where we consider him to be like top five at a certain position or something like that, I can definitely see them um, may possibly luring someone to, to play in Texas. But as it stands right now, they are going to be, in my opinion, the worst, the worst team this year. And um, I think they should really think about trading Joey Gallo. And I think that might be, it's a little bit uh, a compliment to, I guess, Joey Gallo and a compliment to, to the Rangers, right? Because um, like Nick said, Joey Gallo, you pretty much know what you're going to get from Joey Gallo and it's power. Like, <laughs> like 99.9% it's power. He, if you, if you don't, don't pay attention to this past season that he had. Obviously, the numbers are ugly, right? But if you look at the last three seasons before this shortened season, he was averaging 34 home runs a season, and he was giving you an 869 OPS. Now, his batting average was also around 217. His career batting average is 208. And yeah, so he's more than likely going to be a 200-level hitter for most of his career. But again, you know what you're getting with him, and that's power. That's a high. That's a high OPS. A lot of teams value that. But the problem is, I don't see Joey Gallo as the type of player that you build your franchise around as your number one, you know, hitter in the lineup. Even if he is, you know, leading in home runs because he is that power guy. I just don't see him being the best, you know, player on on it on a on kind of like a contender. And that's why I think I actually think contenders can benefit from that, right? Because the Rangers should be looking to move Gallo to a team who's in a position that's ready to contend that can use Joey Gallo as a supporting cast member to what they already have. I just think this Rangers team, look, Joey Gallo has, I believe a year after this one left on his deal. And then he becomes an unrestricted free agent. Um, so he, yeah, like it, it's going to come to a point where the Rangers are going to have to put up money and they kind of have to think if Joey Gallo is going to be that guy that they actually want, you know, to pay all this money for, um, because they don't have the supporting pieces in place right now. So, and I don't know if they're going to be able to start to win soon enough to be able to attract other guys to come just yet. I mean, I honestly think it's going to be a tough, you know, three, four, five seasons up up here for for the Rangers because I don't see any, um, you know, guy that's going to make that much of a difference um, right now. But I mean, hey, for Rangers fans. Uh, I, I guess you can enjoy the new ballpark and then, you know, hope that 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 those young guys that the Rangers have can actually, you know, kind of advance that process. They're a mess. Yo, how different would that team have looked, though, if Anthony Rendon decided to go there? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, it, would, it, would it would look a lot better. It would look a lot. Look, Anthony Rendon, we all know Anthony Rendon, what he did, you know, in Washington, like when he is at his best, Anthony Rendon's a top 10 player in baseball. That is the kind of guy that the Rangers should, you know, be 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 going for. So it's a right move that they did by chasing him. Unfortunately, they just, you know, they lost out to the Angels. There's a good storyline though for for the like the 12 Rangers fans that are out there in the world. Um, there is a good storyline in that it looks like they're gonna let all their young guys play. And the reason that's a good storyline is there is, as everybody knows, the most ridiculous class of free agent shortstops next year. Like you could go, you could get any of the six guys that are out there, and that's a cornerstone for a franchise. So if you get these young guys up and playing, I mean, if really Calhoun stays healthy and plays well, Kiner Falefa plays well, Nick Solak plays well, Nate Lowe plays well, David Dahl plays well. I mean, you've got five guys that are above average hitters. You throw into there a Trevor Story, a Francisco Lindor, a Carlos Correa, a Seeger, any of those guys thrown into that mix makes them a much better team. So this team literally could go from bottom of the barrel, cellar dwellers, to winning the division next year if all those guys take steps forward. And they don't have to be big steps. They just have to be progress on their way to being everyday major leaguers. Then you lock in Joey Gallo and you sign one of those shortstops. You have a legit offense no matter who you're playing. And that is the part that you can look forward to as a Rangers fan. Yeah, man. Let's, let's get to the team that they lost and they were done to. And, and last year, the Angels severely underperformed. I'm talking about a team that people thought would compete with the with the top guys for the division, and they just came out so cold. They were probably the coldest team to come out in the 60-game season, which absolutely burnt them because they actually had a pretty hot second half. That's actually when they had most of their, of their wins, and, you know, second half was 30 games. So, you know, take that for what it is. But – this is a team that we've we've been saying this for years, and it's is the pitching there. And my, my answer is still no to that. Granted, they do have some some guys that came over. They have the veteran and Jose Quintana who came over. You also have Alex Cobb who got traded from Baltimore coming over in February. 
So it, it is a new look team. You have Dylan Bundy who, who performed really well last year. We'll see if he can keep it up for for uh, 162. But man, this is this is a team that you look at that lineup, and it's a it's a pretty. I think it's an impressive lineup. Any any lineup of Mike Trout in it is one you're going to be excited about. Throw in Anthony Rendon, Justin Upton, who we hope still has something left in the tank. You're going to have Albert Pools potentially coming off the bench. Like it's it's going to be insane how deep that that team is. And one of my favorite guys in the division, and I think an up and coming player, is David Fletcher. He was an All Star last year. I think he's someone that can absolutely absolutely be one of the top second basemen in the game. I actually had him ranked pretty high in my personal second base rankings. But because this is such a pitching deficient team, I'm going to go to you, Nick. Where do you think the Angels finish next year? So this year, next year or this year? No, just kidding. Uh, This year I see him at uh, 85 and 77. I think their offense finally comes together. I think – they stay healthy, and for the big part, that's really the Angels' hiccup the last few years outside of the pitching is just staying healthy. <clears throat> I mean, Pujols is, I don't know, 58 years old if you go by his actual birthday. And then Justin Upton has been old for a while, but and he just stays hurt. Same thing with Shohei Otani. You get those three guys healthy for the full year, you're talking about a lot. And Jared Walsh is going to start at first base for the Angels, it looks like, over Pujols. And Pujols is a guaranteed 100 RBIs, no matter how old he is. He just finds a way to get 100 RBIs, and he'll get his 20, 25 home runs. And that to say that Jared Walsh can be better than that, I like it. I like the fact that the Angels are going to put their time and efforts into him. Um, they've done pretty well with hitters. The pitching is where they always screw up. But this is, I mean, everything plays out right. This is a top five offensive team in baseball. Because to your point, David Fletcher's leading off. He was an all-star last year, and he likely is only going to get better. And then you got Mike Trout hitting third, Anthony Rendon hitting fourth, Justin Upton. If he's just healthy, he's still a beast. Otani's hitting sixth. Then you get into some names you may not want to talk about with Dexter Fowler and Jose Iglesias. But this is a really good offensive lineup. The pitching staff, it could be good. And I'm not just saying that just to like say it, but this really could be a good staff. Andrew Heaney does have ace stuff. He just can't seem to put it together in back-to-back innings, much less back-to-back starts. Dylan Bundy, to your point last year, came back to form. He's been a a high-caliber pitcher for a while. He just never put it together in Baltimore. But that's not saying much because nobody puts it together in Baltimore. I mean, as soon as Jake Arrieta left Baltimore, he he had like an all-time season. So it just goes to show you that Baltimore pitchers are good. They just can't pitch in Baltimore. You got another Baltimore guy with Alex Cobb who is also on the Rays. And if he's right, he is filthy he has no hitter stuff every time he goes out there and you got to go like jose quintana who you just know what you get he's kind of the pitching version of joey gallo you're not going to get a sub three era but you're also not going to get a six era you're probably going to get 185 to 210 innings of solid baseball he's going to eat some innings he's going to bit take it easy on the bullpen and then you've got some upside with griffin canning and if otani can pitch all year then that's that's a pretty solid six-man rotation they just have to live up to their potential, and that's asking a lot since a lot of these guys haven't. But once you get into the bullpen, it is ugly. Outside of Rossiel Iglesias, who they got from the Reds, there's not really anybody out there that I want to see pitch besides Junior Guetta. And the only reason I want to see him pitch is because he gave my daughter her first in-game ball and signed it and gave it right to her. So I'm a fan of his. So is my daughter. Outside of that, I'm not sure I want to see any of these guys pitch out of the bullpen. The Angels are, are in a weird position, right? Because if you look at, you know, you mentioned them possibly being a top five lineup in the MLB, and, and I agree with those sentiments. I think, whew, man, like anytime you have a, a, a lineup where you have Mike Trout in it, it's going to be good. And he finally has help around him. You know, if Shohei Otani stays healthy, that is, a, that is a tremendous, a tremendous person to, to have in the lineup. And we're not even talking about his pitching, but man, it, you know, they're, they have such great potential. And I actually, I actually tend to agree with Nick on this uh, as to I think their pitchers can be good enough in in LA or in, in Anaheim or wherever you, wherever they want to be called this year in Disneyland. To, to be to, to be competitive and I actually and this is probably one of the hotter takes I'm gonna have during during these uh, division series I actually have them being tied for first place and 
the reason why I, I say that is just because the, the bottom of this division is so weak. Just so, so weak. Like, I think they should run through the Rangers. They should run through the Mariners. When they play the LA, the, the AL East, they should run through through the Orioles. You know, they shouldn't have too much of a problem with the Red Sox. Like, you know, we already talked about the AL Central. Those are beatable teams there. You know what I mean? So, I actually have them, and this might be a little bit too high, but uh, I'm, I'm just doing it basic, basically because I think that they are going to fa- face such low teams. I have them at 95 wins tied for first place. So what? that's I know that's a little bit higher higher on the on the spectrum there. But you know, something some guys I want to mention just because he did play last year as Joe Adele. He'll be back in the majors this year. He, he's gonna be uh, competing for time in the outfield. Brandon Marsh is also gonna be a player to watch who will be up on the major league roster this year. But Rob, man, I'll kick it to you, dude. Where where do you have these angels? What what do you think is gonna happen with them this year? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna say right now, uh, dumb 95 wins though, definitely a hot take because I'm I'm gonna take 12 away from them and I got them at 83, uh, simply because I don't think that everything's gonna fall into place for them this year. I do I agree that they have the potential to do it? Absolutely. Look, you, all you have to say is Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, Shohei Otani, and Joe Adele. Those four hitters in that lineup, the potential of those four guys hitting in that lineup back to back to back to back. It's one of the most disgusting four hitters in baseball. Like if we're, be, if we're being quite honest, like, but the, the thing is, it's kind of like how I was talking about today, right? The angels have to make up their mind on what they're going to do with Shohei Otani. Is he a pitcher? Is he a hitter? Is he going to be both? I think that for this season, the angels are going to start the year with him as a two-way player, but I honestly do think his most benefit his most benefit to the Angels. Look, I know the Angels lack pitching, but his most benefit to the Angels is as a hitter. I think having him in the outfield with Adele, with Mike Trout is the best way the Angels can go about it. And then just focus on your pitching. You have him doing too much, and then it leads I'm not saying anything specific leads to injury, but look, you want Shohei Otani available because if you can get 130, 140 healthy games from Shohei Otani a year as a hitter, He's going to be a 30 and 100 RBI guy. Like that's the type that's the type of talent this dude has to complement Mike Trout, to complement Anthony Rendon, to complement Joe Adele. Um and they the Angels have a lot of of good pieces. I think the area that they need to focus on, which to their credit, they have been trying to do is their pitching. I do think the addition of Alex Cobb is a good addition. I do think the addition of Iglesias is a good addition. Um but the thing about it is that you know, you add these guys, you add veterans like Jose Quintana, but all of these guys are in the middle. They're in the middle. They're they're not. There's not a guy in their rotation outside of maybe maybe Griffin Canning. I, I like Griffin Canning. Griffin Canning's still pretty young. I think he can turn in, into something, be the ace of this staff. But all of their guys, for the most part, up up to this point in their career, have been middle guys. None of them have been overly impressive. They've kind of been in the middle, high three, low four ERA type of pitchers. But hey, they're getting they're they're getting more quality guys. They you know Alex Cobb gives you a little bit more quality than 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 some other guys. Jose Quintana, his experience definitely gives you more quality than some other guys. So to, to their credit, they're trying to add some guys. Unfortunately, I still think they need – they don't have a number one guy right now. They just don't. Um, they I do still think that until they don't get that, they're not really going to make sufficient noise. Um, and it's not like they're that far away. Like I think they do – they will eventually get a, a ace type of pitcher. Like I said, Griffin Kenny might turn into that for them. You never know. But I just don't see this year being the year that everything falls together for them. And for that, I have them finishing third in the division. Spicy, man. Spicy. (laughs) Look, man, I'll say this. There's not a lot of difference for me between a team like the Angels and a team like the Twins who, you know, maybe they have one guy. I I know Nick's really into – I'm forgetting his name right now. But the point is, though, I I just – Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I don't see a, a huge difference between those two teams the way the way they're lined up right now. But we'll see, man. Look, let's move to our, our surprise third-place team from last year. And and I say surprise because in a 162-game season, there's no way this happens. And we're talking about the Seattle Mariners. And, look, they finished third place last year. They, they, they made some people happy for a while. They were they were part of the, hey, we, don't, we didn't suck this year so bad group. But 
look, man, make, make no if, ands, or but about it. Seattle's not a team that's ready to compete right now. They're, they're just not. This is a team that's looking forward to the future. But to get to that, man, look, Rob, I'll start off with you, dude. Where do you have the Seattle finishing this year? What should the fans be looking forward to for 2021? Uh, look, it, it, it's going to sound weird, but I have Seattle finishing fourth. I have them just oh, winning 76 games this year, 76 and 86. I have them finishing fourth, but I do see them improving, right? I think that, like I said before, Seattle is positioned. Like if we take away this, this Otani and Trout and, and Odell situation with the Angels, right? I do think Seattle is primed to possibly have the best young outfield in baseball if Julio Rodriguez and Jared Kellenick turn into what everyone expects them to, to pair along with Kyle Lewis. And I've said it before, and it's, 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 I'm not trying to throw shots at Kyle Lewis. I just have him ranked as the third guy. If I'm looking at those three guys, I like Rodriguez and Kellenick more than Kyle Lewis. And the fact that Kyle Lewis is coming off a rookie of the year award should say something to Mariners fans. Like though they have three really good guys. They have Evan, um, Evan White over at first base. Like they have, they have a lot of decent players when you think about it, right? Like you have a guy like JP Crawford who should have, a lot of people expected to turn into, into probably more of a star than, than he is right now when he was in, uh, I believe Philadelphia, he was one of Philly's top prospects and, you know, he's kind of developing more as, as a hitter and an overall player for Seattle. Um, so they definitely have, they look, they have guys to rely there on the hitting department. I didn't even remember to be honest with you that Mitch Hanniger was still on this squad. So it's like, we're going to, we might see Mitch Hanniger back, you know, but I think the thing with them too, and the thing that they've always, for the most part, um, lack is just an ability to put it all together. Right. It's kind of like, um, when they have hitting, they don't have pitching when they have pitching, they don't have hitting, um, like a lot of the King Felix years, they didn't have a lot. So it's kind of the same situation, right? You have guys just as Sheffield, you have guys in Justin Dunn who can do something for you, but there's no number one guy in this uh, rotation right now. A lot of veteran guys, Marco Gonzalez, they signed James Paxton back. But again, no no number one guy to, to really carry the, this this rotation. And, and for that reason, I do think they fall a little short in the division, but I do think that things get better for Mariners fans in the future. Oof, man. <laughs> It's rough, man. Look, it's. I think the best part about this team is the fact that Mitch Hanniger is coming back. At one point two years ago, when he was fully healthy and he had, you know, he didn't have that unfortunate injury. You know, he was possibly one of the best outfielders we were we were talking about. He was he was in our top ten right fielders at that point. He was someone that was up and coming, and we thought he re- really made that next step to hey, this guy's here. Then he got hurt, and you know, he he hasn't been back, and it hasn't been the same, and. We'll see how he does this year. I'm, I'm going to get hated for saying this, but I don't think Kyle Lewis is that good. I think Kyle Lewis last year, he showed us a stint of, hey, this guy this guy can play up here. But like a lot of rookies, towards the end of the year, even though it was a short year, his production started kind of coming down. Where, you know, a guy who I love, Lewis Robert, towards the end of his year, his production started going up, which was kind of, a you know, Call it what it is, whatever. People were kind of excited about Kyle Lewis because he was like the no name who did it. But I'm not as high on Kyle Lewis like like uh, Rob mentioned. He's also third on my list of the best outfielders that um, is part of Mariner future. Um, Jared Kalinick, he might come up this year, he might not. I don't know. I know that there's a lot of turbulence there between between him and Seattle and, and that decision. And I'm another guy who I I don't think Jared Kalinick is that great either. I think he's he's a guy that's going to have all star potential. But I don't see him as this dude that is going to be a yearly all-star. And, and call me a hater. It is what it is. Actually, I do think that their best player is Julio Rodriguez. I think he is a guy who has the potential to be an all-star every year and have that kind of bat and be that kind of player. So, you know, that being said, I'm just not that excited about, you know, this year I'm, I'm not excited at all. This year, I you know, I have them down for 104 losses this year. I, I have them, you know, pretty much saying – we show up, we get our ass beat, and then we dip. Like that's what they—that's what they're gonna do for me. And it, it's hard, right? Because you, you, this is a team that's been rebuilding for a while. They've traded away big pieces, and w- with the hopes of, you know, let's get some people back, and, and we'll be able to compete. But I, I don't see this team being that. I don't see the young guys on this team being that kind of quality of player. Which I, I hate saying because you don't want to like shit on a team before they're even supposed to arrive. But 
I, I just don't see it. You know, like even either young arms, like Justin Dunn, he's one, so he's somebody who I'm excited to see because he has some live stuff. But Justin Sheffield, he's shown that, man, he's inconsistent. Like the Yankees are probably really happy they traded him away. He's been a drama queen too in his own in his own right. James Paxton, we have we've, we experienced him with the Yankees. Like we're hoping he stays healthy. We know that when he is healthy, he's he's electric. So you know maybe he does stay healthy and and there's less pressure in Seattle. So so possibly Marco Gonzalez. I I, I still never get why he never did, does better than he actually did. He has pretty decent stuff, but he just doesn't figure it out. So I'm not excited about this team at all. And and again, I know I'm gonna yo know, if I can't walk into Seattle. Because I know I'm probably going to get like shot, but I, I'm like not that excited about Seattle's future either. You know, I, I'm telling you, don't be surprised if Kyle Lewis shows kind of some holes this year. Don't, just don't. I'm not. I'm not hoping it happens. I'm just saying, don't, don't be surprised. He, you know, watching him last year, he he didn't look like the he didn't look like his stats portrayed essentially. And Jared, yeah, you can't like, you can't go to Seattle no more. I know you can't I fly know. into Seattle, man. I, I, <laughs> I I'm the, the the Pacific Northwest is not. Somewhere I can I can be anytime soon, but like I said, Jared Klinik, he has potential. He has all star potential. I just don't see him as one of those. Like like his ceiling is low for me. I don't think he has a, a high ceiling. And and you know it is what it is. It's my thoughts, right? You guys can can, can shoot me a message, and and Riley can curse at me later. It's fine. But anyway, man, I I, I spent too much time on this. Yo, Nick, I'm gonna kick it over to you, man. What's your thoughts on this year's uh, Seattle Mariner team? Yeah, you did spend way too much time. So I want to make mine quick because we spent too much time on the Mariners. I've have, I have them at uh, 69 and 93. It was when I look at a 100 lost team, when I first wrote down my prediction, they were a 102 lost team. But a 100 lost team is the Baltimore Orioles. It's the Detroit Tigers. It's the Kansas City Royals. This team is better than that. So I can't give them 100 losses. I got them at 69 and 93 because I couldn't put them over the sed- at the 70 win mark. But their whole thing is the future and what's it going to get to because this is one of the teams in Major League Baseball that if they could play five outfielders, they would have the best outfield in all of baseball, even with all the guys being young because you got Mitch Hanniger, Kyle Lewis, and all the guys that you guys have already talked about. So there's plenty of depth there for the outfield, which could turn into a really, really awesome thing for this team. Uh, and haven't even mentioned Taylor Trammell, who looks like he might be starting in left field to, for opening day, the way he's hitting the ball this spring so far. So they've got a lot of potential there. The problem with the potential they have is, to your point, Daniel, there's not the every single year all-star guy. There's not the MVP candidate every single year. And that's the problem is they don't have the high-end guy. I mean, honestly, Joey Gallo is better than anybody on their team, in my opinion, because you know what you're getting and the upside with Joey Gallo is MVP. I don't see MVP upside from anybody on this Mariners offense. And sure as hell isn't coming from the pitching staff. Mark Gonzalez is the new Jamie Moyer. He's probably going to pitch until he's 57 and just kind of get by but never really excel. And you're always looking to see what's next from every single one of their pitchers on the mound in the, as a starter or even in the bullpen. And I do know the names out of the bullpen, but I know them either – because they had a couple spurts with other teams, like a Kendall Graveman, who was supposed to be really solid for the A's a couple years ago, just never came to fruition. Uh, Rannis Elias, he's also supposed to have some electric stuff, but he just doesn't put it together. And that's what you can say about every single pitcher they have, is they've got the stuff to excel, they just can't put it together for any length of time. And when it comes to pitching, that's what really makes a good pitcher great, or a great pitcher an all-star, is... How long can you consistently do it for? Can you can you minimize the blowups? Because every pitcher is going to have a blowup. Everybody's every pitcher is going to throw an inning where they give it five runs. But can you surround that with fifty innings of you know four or five runs and really even it out? And this pitching staff just doesn't have it, and that's why they're not going to go very far. I am excited for their future, but at the same time, it's the Mariners and Depoto always Depotos, and he never really seems to put it together. And I wouldn't be surprised if this Mariners outfield is like the Marlins outfield a few, a few years ago of Yellick, Stanton, and Ozuna, where you're talking about the best outfield in all of Major League Baseball, and then all of a sudden, they're all MVP candidates on other teams. It's going to be ugly. And, you know, their, their team's young, but they do have guys that they can possibly trade away. Uh, Kyle Seager, who's kind of been their mainstay there, isn't a great person you want to have as your mainstay, uh, aside from maybe some of the locker room stuff. 
So so we'll see what happens with them. Mitch Haniger maybe has some some trade value if they decide to go that way. We'll we'll see what happens with him. But look, let's move on to our next team, man. The next team. This is the first time that they're gonna play in front of people since they've been you know called cheaters, and that is the Houston Astros. And man, look, what can we say about Houston that hasn't already been said? They're not a team that are fan favorites around the league. Uh, you, you probably know this show for, for me personally shitting on Bregman as much as I do. But they do have some real things that happened this year. Like they lost George Springer. He was a clubhouse leader. They've already lost Forrest Whitley for the year. He's down He's down with Tommy John. He's a guy who was expected to go into that rotation, especially with the injury to Justin Verlander, who will also not be pitching this year. You know, you, you look at Roberto Zuna, who's a free agent. Brad Peacock, who's a free agent. You know, Chris Davinsky, who was a big part of their, their bullpen at times. And, you know, their, their, their lineup, it still has a lot of a lot of good pieces, right? Jose Altuve is still uh, a big name. Alex Bregman, obviously, is an MVP candidate. Michael Brantley, great hitter. Carlos Correa hasn't really reached that top potential yet. It, you have a lot of things here that can go the right way. The rotation, that's, that, that's up for to debate to, to see whatever you want. We'll get to that right now, but... Rob, I'm gonna go ahead and start with you again, man. What what are your thoughts on this year's Astros? Yeah, so I actually I actually have the Astros having a pretty good year. Actually, I have them I have them taking away the AL West crown with 93 wins. Um, I think they're probably gonna start off the year a little rocky if if Justin Verlander is going to be missing time and things like that. You know, anytime you're missing a guy like Justin Verlander, who's still one of the top pitchers in baseball when he's healthy, you know, you're going to be hurting a little bit, but they did just try to, to kind of remedy that a little bit. You know, they have a veteran in Zach Greinke who we all know any given year can, can be in the conversation to, to win the Cy Young award. Um, he, he just has that good of stuff. And, you know, you have young guys, Lance McCullers Jr. You have guys in Josh James, you have guys in Valdez, uh, they they have talented guys in that pitching rotation. They also just added uh, Jake Odorizzi uh, over from the Minnesota Twins on a two year deal. So you know they try to remedy that a little bit and try to try to bring uh, people over. I look, you mentioned Forrest uh, Whitley. We're gonna see what we get from Forrest Whitley, right? Like they they have a lot of talented guys in their rotation and in their pen. Still, they might not be they might not be the Astros that they were maybe like two years ago, but there's still a lot of talent in 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 that bullpen, in that rotation. And they still have, you know, the talent that they have in, in their lineup, right? Like, look, I, we can have the opinions that we have for sure. Again, guys like me and Daniel aren't necessarily that high on Alex Bregman, but Alex Bregman is still good, right? Like, he's still, like, better than most other third basemen. Like, we just don't think he's top, top, but he's top five, top six, however you however you, you want to rank it. Jose Altuve is still right there, even though, you know, he's one of those guys who we potentially see start a decline. The guy that I'm paying attention to the most, quite, quite honest, is Jordan Alvarez, who I believe missed all of last season. Now that George Springer is gone, I mean, what, you're looking at Alvarez, you're looking at Brantley, who who kind of played, you know, the, the okey-doke um, and, and decided to stay with, with – um, with the uh the Astros and you have a guy like Kyle Tucker who's still pretty young himself um that's potentially your outfield right like the Astros still have enough talent to to pretty much get this done am I going to say that the Astros aren't necessarily a favorite to to go crazy this year or anything like that no but honestly when you look at this Astros team and you stack it up against how the other teams are looking in the AOS uh, it's kind of difficult not to have them in first, and that's why I think they walk away with the crown this year. Solid points, man. So- solid points. I'll say this. I think they definitely have the best pitcher in the division as of right now, and Zach Greinke. He's he's the only guy in this division who's absolutely who's done it, right? Lance McCullers Jr. is coming back like after his stint with, with Tommy John last year and coming back from that. Man, look. I'm not sold on Jordan Alvarez, to be honest with you. I think he's a guy that I need to see more from. He had that huge rookie year where he was demolishing balls at an unreal pace. And then we saw the playoffs come, and it was like, oh, wait, where's that guy that was, you know, mashing like that? You know, Jose Altuve last year didn't perform really well. Alex Bregman, he was hurt last year, so that kind of impacted his numbers. But, you know, like, like you said, I don't think 
when we say we shit on him, I'm not saying that he's not a good player. I, I'm just saying I don't think he's as good as people like MLB Network put him as or people hype him as to be. So, Nick, I'll kick it over to you, man. Where do you have this team finishing? Uh, so as soon as they picked up Jake Odorizzi, I saw a 10-game swing. I had him at 80 and 82, and now I have him at 90 wins. Simply, it is, And I don't think Jake Odorizzi is going to get them all those 10, but that lengthens out that starting staff to six guys that can throw a good baseball any given day of the week. Zach Greinke is about as reliable as you can possibly get as a pitcher. He's going to have an ERA under 3.5. He might be under 3. He's not going to strike a lot of guys out, but he's also not walking anybody. So his whip is always a 1.1, 1.15, which is really good from a starting pitcher. He is a true ace. I mean, you're not going to put him as an ace on any staff in the majors, but he's also not going to fall out of a top three on any staff in the majors. I mean, he's a top three guy on the Dodgers, the Padres, the Mets. He's a top three guy anywhere he goes. Framber Valdez last year had the best curveball in all of Major League Baseball, and he had the best. That curveball from him last year was the single best pitch in the last five years. It was filthy. Guys would know it's coming and still couldn't hit it. Lance McCullers Jr. has all the potential in the world. This guy is a Cy Young caliber pitcher if he's not hurt. The problem is he's just hurt. Jose Urquidy is a guy that I watch, and I don't know how he gets outs because obviously his stuff is good, but nothing that I see looks overpowering. The movement isn't crazy. The difference in speed with his fastball and off-speed stuff isn't amazing. He's not throwing 100 but he just gets guys out. And I don't want to say he's Zach Greinke, but he's that type of guy where, or, you know, or a Kyle Hendricks where it's like, how is he getting these guys out so consistently? And he's still young. So we got to see if people make an adjustment to him, but he's got that kind of stuff. And then when you put Jake Odorizzi in there to just extend that, that rotation, it takes so much stress off of everybody else. What I'm really interested to see with Jake Odorizzi is he was good with Tampa he goes to the Twins and is even better, but they don't let him go a third time through the lineup because they're so sabermetric oriented, and he is absolutely terrible. His ERA is one and a half uh, runs worse third time through the lineup. So it's going to be interesting to see what Houston does because we've seen every single one of Houston's reclamation projects with Garrett Cole, Charlie Morton, even a little bit of Zach Granke. Uh, Justin Verlander goes there and gets better than being Cy Young MVP guy, and so Jake Odorizzi, if he gets better than what he was with the Twins the last two years, he's an absolute stud. He goes from being an all-star candidate to a stud. And that gives you, honestly, a really good top four with Zach Greinke, Framber Valdez, Lance McCullough Jr., and Jake Odorizzi. The bullpen, if they can sign their closer back in Roberto Ozuna, this team becomes my favorite to win the division. Because right now you have Ryan Presley, who's a good guy out of the bullpen, Pedro Baez, they added in the offseason, and you've got a lot of other guys out there that can throw. They picked up Steve Ciszek, who is solid. He's not great, but he's definitely a guy that you can throw out there often. Joe Biagini is good. Ryan Stanek is solid. Joe Smith is good. You've got a really good deep bullpen on this team, and you've got starting pitchers that are going to be able to go six, seven innings at least once every three times they go through. And you've got Zach Greinke, who you're really expecting seven innings every single time. So... They have all of the pieces to be a division winner. I just see another team as being better than them across the board unless they add Roberto Ozuna as their closer and everybody in that bullpen drops one down. Then you've got a pretty shut down bullpen as opposed to a good bullpen. And that offense, I don't think any of them are as bad as they were last year. There was so much going on. They got really lucky not playing in front of fans last year, but I think the stress of just all the social media, even though they weren't having people in their ear on the field, they still got an earful. So it'll be interesting what happens this year. if Fans are still holding on to it and they're still going to talk their shit. But Jose Altuve is not the player he was last year. I don't think he's going to stay there. I think he's going to get back to hitting 300, going to hit 20 bombs, going to steal 20 bases. Alex Bregman, I, I do believe in him. I think he's an MVP candidate every year. He's not the best third baseman in the game. He's not challenging for that. But he definitely has the talent to do that. And then you just you go down the line. I mean, you get you have to get to their eighth hitter to really question is that should that guy be there? And you're talking about Miles Straw, who's likely to play left field. That guy's a I mean, he's just a blazer. So he could just I mean, he's Willie Mays Hayes. You hit a punt and you get on second base. So this lineup is very, very deep. The pitching staff is also very deep. 
So I think it's going to be a good year for Houston. The one addition of Jacob Rizzi really swung the win total for me. If they get Roberto Zuna, I see this team could very easily win 97 games, no problem. I'm a hate. I'm a hate, hate, hate. I'm a hate, hate, hate. Cause I'm a hater. I'm a hater. Yo, I hate this team. Honestly, like I have them. I have them finishing third place. I have them at 88 wins. But I hate them. I hate them so much. I hate There's them. There's so no much. way they finish below the Angels. There's no way. Yo, I say we put bet on it. I say we put uh, Rob. You're our intermediary here. We we have a a, a water bet or or some kind of bet or. We, we look back at this towards the end of the season when we see what happened. But yeah, what I kind just, of lawyer stuff is this? What's a water bed? I don't know what that is. Oh my bad. That's from that's from a that's from a football podcast I listened to. But uh, <laughs> yeah, look, look. My, my my point is though, I just I don't like them. I don't like them. I, I think that there is a lot to be said about the whole cheating thing. I know that I'm not like in the, I'm not popular with that opinion. You know, people think like, nah, they're 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 fine. Look at their numbers. Blah blah blah. I think that does have an effect. I think Jose Altuve is going to continue to suck. I think Alex Bregman is, again, I think he's a good player, but I just don't think he's going to be as good as his MVP-type seasons. Michael Brantley is really the only guy that I'm, I'm really confident in the, in this lineup. And Kyle Tucker. I think Kyle Tucker is going to be an absolutely awesome player for, for this team. But, yeah, well, let's kick it to that first-place team, the only team to finish above 500 last year, and that is the Oakland A's. And the Oakland A's have, like, their own set of problems. Uh, they lost their they lost their MVP candidate shortstop in Marcus Simeon. He is now with Toronto, and and me and Rob get the pleasure to see him in in uh, the Blue Jays lineup whenever they play each other. But other than that, this team is pretty much it's pretty steady. They didn't really lose too many pieces. Uh, well, poof, well, before I say that, they did lose Liam Kendricks, who was their big time closer last year. But anyway, man, I'm, I'm gonna kick it to you first, Nick. I know they have some very interesting pitching prospects that we having to take the load on next year. What do you think about the Oakland A's? Do they finish first again? I think they do. Uh, I've got them for 97 wins. No, sorry, 95 wins this year. And I just think they win a few more games in the Astros to pull it out on top. Uh, like I said, I had the Astros at 80 and 82 before Jake Rizzi, so that bit made a big swing. But uh, the A's, their offense is it's just solid. Like, you don't have a true MVP guy. As much as I love me some Matt Chapman or some Matt Olson, neither one of those guys is their best hitter. Their best hitter is honestly Mark Canha, and he just plays all over the place. Ramon Laureano could come out of nowhere and just really dominate, and that's the thing with their offense is there's not that stud guy that you look at as an MVP candidate. They're just solid all the way through. They get on base. They know how to go base to base. They've got some boppers that if they need to clear the bases – uh, they picked up Mitch Moreland in the offseason, which is a sneaky, really good move because he has been absolutely awesome these last couple of years, playing in a limited role wherever he goes. But when you platoon him, which the A's have been known to do, he is really good at the dish. And he's he can play first base. He can pick it. Not as good as Matt Olson, but the nice thing now is when Matt Olson might need a day off, they've got a good first baseman over there defensively who knows the game and they're not really going to miss a big beat. Marcus Simeon, I've gone on record. I love the guy. I've been a supporter of his for years. He is not as good as an MVP season. That was such a fluke to me. And the guy that they brought in, Elvis Andrus, I'd rather have on my team. I can't necessarily rank him above um, above Marcus Simeon if I were ranking them because the numbers, you just can't get away from it. But if I were to pick one guy for my team, I might pick Elvis Andrus. I like his defense. I like his leadership. His stick isn't bad. He's been on some just absolute shitty Rangers teams, even though he was there when they went to the World Series. So I like their pickups. They did a really good job this offseason of replacing what they lost. You can't necessarily replace a Liam Hendricks and the dominance that he's had the last two years. But how often does a closer dominate for three years in a row? It doesn't happen very often. So maybe they got out when they needed to as opposed to re-signing him. But they got Trevor Rosenthal, who in the second half of last year was by far the best relief pitcher in all of baseball, even better than Devin Williams. When he went to the Padres, he absolutely dominated. He's got his 100-mile-an-hour fastball back. He strike, I think at the, the second half of last season, he had a strikeout per nine of like 15, which is almost to an inning. That's crazy. So they, diff, they definitely did a good job of filling in their holes. They replaced Liam Hendricks with... Trevor Rosenthal, Sergio Romo, and Adam Kaler. None of those guys really jump off the page at you, but as a collective, 
that definitely replaces Liam Hendricks if you throw him in the right spots. They replaced Marcus Simeon with Elvis Andrus. That's solid. The only guy they lost from last year is Tommy LaStella. That is going to be tough to replace, but they've got guys coming up from their farm system. And to your point about the, the pitchers that are coming up, A.J. Puck, that guy is going to be a stud once he stays healthy. And I, I know I'm saying that a lot with the guys staying healthy. This guy is 6'7", and lanky as can be. I mean, his arms just look like hair extensions. That's how skinny this guy is. But he is absolutely filthy from the left side. It's maybe the closest thing we've seen since Randy Johnson to a, just a tall lefty that throws weird. And just it's almost like you can't see the ball. So I'm really interested to see him come up. We talked uh, before we started maybe throwing him in the bullpen. That would be just absolutely filthy to have him and Jake Beekman out of the same bullpen. But they're going to start off with Chris Bassett who quietly is a really good pitcher. I don't know if he's their ace, but I know that he's more consistent, more reliable than anybody else they have, even Rob's boy, Jesus Luzardo. And Luzardo has more talent, but he's just not consistent. Um, Frankie Montas is a stud. He's also just, uh, I don't say he's an asshole, but he is a hes a bulldog out there. Like, don't get in this guy's way. I like Sean Mania. I don't know if he's going to be solid all year because he's very streaky. But when he's on, he's absolutely on. And Mike Fires is not a bad number five or six guy to have in your starting rotation. They definitely have the deepest starting rotation. And their bullpen is really good. Trevor Rosenthal, Jake Diekman, Sergio Romo, who can still spin it. Lou Trevino, who had closed, had saves for them a few years ago. And my guy, Yusmero Petit. This guy is, I think he's the most unsung, best baseball player, most underrated baseball player at least pitcher in all of Major League Baseball the last few years, like five, six years. He does everything you want him to do. He starts, um, I mean, when he was on the Giants, he threw, I think, eight innings in that 17-inning game against the Nationals to get the win. He just knows how to pitch, and he knows how to do it in every stage. That's a good guy to have out there. And they've got other guys out there that can just absolutely blow up by you. J.B. Wendelkin was supposed to be the closer before they got Rosenthal, and now he goes into not even the setup role. He's like, probably the first guy out of the pen when they need it in the sixth inning. So this is the most balanced team in the division, which is why I have them at first place. Their offense is slightly behind Houston, in my opinion. Their rotation could be a wash. I'd probably lean to Oakland. And the bullpen, i definitely lean to Oakland overall. I think they're more reliable. If the Astros add Roberto Azuna, like I said, I think they take the edge. But right now, the A's have the edge in both pitching categories, and they're just slightly behind on offense. Defensively, they're a much better team than anybody else in this division. So I got them winning the division with 95 wins. That is one thing we do agree on. So I, I also have the, the for the Angels. I have the A's finishing, like I said, tied for first with 95 wins. I think when you look at their team, they, they have the most complete team. You know, they definitely have the best bullpen in the division. For me, that, that's hands down. They're starting rotation. There's nobody that you really – let me rephrase that. You're excited about Jesus Lazardo. You know, he's, he's a guy who has potential real A stuff. He has potential Cy Young caliber stuff. Um, aside from that, though, I don't, I don't know how excited you are about the other guys. They're good enough, though, right? They're, they're, they're players that are going to get the job done. They're players that you're going to get innings from. They're not going to hurt you aside as that. You know, Mike Fares is, is uh, or Fears, whatever the hell you call him, he's known to, you know, be absolutely terrible and then be absolutely dominant. So it, it's going to be an interesting team. Rob, I'll kick it over to you, man. Where do you see the A's finishing next year, or this year, I mean? Yeah, so for, for this upcoming season, I, I'm actually a little less optimistic on the A's than, than both of you guys. I have them finishing second in, in the division with 87 wins. Um, I have them taking a little step back uh, simply because I think I've started to notice like kind of how Nick has pointed out that, you know, he, he'll talk about like someone like Jesus Luzardo being, you know, inconsistent. But I just think when you actually start to look at a lot of their guys, a lot of their guys in their rotation and their bullpen are inconsistent. That's not to say that they're talent, that they're not talented because they definitely are like that. The guys that the, that the A's have, you know, on, on their roster. Um, yeah, without a doubt, like they, they more than likely probably, probably just them and Houston in terms of, of complete, you know, rotations and, and bullpens in the AOS. But we have seen a lot of their guys in that bullpen. When you compare them to the guy that they lost, like Liam Hendricks, were a lot of up and down. That's not to say that Liam Hendricks wasn't up and down throughout his career, but at least with Oakland, he was pretty much up. Right. So uh, I need to see more consistency from, from their guys. And I think um, I haven't looked at the timeline 
but I don't know if Matt Chapman is scheduled to be ready to go for opening day for them. Um, if, if I say that he's not, then, you know, that's, that's something that definitely hurts, right? It's one of the top third basemen in, in baseball. So unless we know how long Matt Chapman is going to be out for, um, from, from his injury for the, for them. And, you know, I think, it, I think it more than likely, the reason why I have them at 87 wins is because I'm, I'm kind of on, on the fence with them, right? I'm kind of in the middle. Whereas, um, even though I think that they're going to take a little step back, it wouldn't, you know, like you guys said, 95 wins. Do they have the talent on this team to win 95 games? Absolutely. Like, that's why I have them at 87, because it wouldn't really surprise me if they won like 84, 85, 86, 87, taking a step back, or if they just ran away with the division. But I I don't know. It's something about like that rotation. Now that I think about it, like Sean Manaya and, um, you know, potentially Jesus Luzardo and yeah, I mean, you lose a guy like Marcus Simeon and you replace him with Elvis Andrus, and Nick is absolutely right. I mean, it's not it's not like a it's not necessarily a loss, right? Like there's things that Elvis Andrus does better than Marcus Simeon too. Um, so they, that was definitely a good replacement for them. But I don't know. I just feel like mm, I'm thinking about these players, and I don't know. I just feel like something's off because if Matt Chapman is going to come back from injury. Let's be honest, Matt Chapman, even though Matt Chapman might be their best player, Matt Chapman is not anywhere near being like an elite level, you know, like pure hitter. Like he can get you, he can get you home runs, he can get you RBIs for sure, but he might end up being a, a 240, 250 career guy. Like you don't know. Matt Olson is kind of like that too, where you don't know what you're going to get from him average wise. And you kind of need both of those guys to be on it, on it for Oakland to really you know, have a shot to, to kind of run away with things here. Um, we also have to see like a, how a guy like Sean Murphy does for them this season. I don't know. I just think a lot of their guys, we still have to uh, see like more consistency f- for from. And just, you know, just because of that, I think Oakland is one of those teams that every, every season that comes, they're kind of up, down, up, down too. So this is just a season where I have them taking a little step back and I, I have them taking second. Yeah, with that up, down, up, down that you're talking about, I think the the one reason I like Oakland so much is over the last, I don't know, 10, 20 years, they have become one of those teams that wins the games they're supposed to win. They very rarely give away a game. And over 162, that's five to 10 games. And that takes you from the 87 wins to the 97 wins. And I think they just continue that trend where they just don't lose the games that they're not supposed to. They just always seem to win those games. I'll, I'll say it's like Oakland is just a very boring team to watch because there's nothing on there that really excites you. I think Ramon Laureano has the potential to be an exciting player. You know, I think last year a couple of us had him as the dark horse MVP candidate because we've seen what he can do and he is in, in a pretty decent lineup. But this is, this is a boring but good team. They, they remind me a lot of of the Rays of, of the past where they they win games. It's not necessarily sexy. They just go about their business. They, they get those W's in. It's it's not exciting. You don't really have anyone going off uh, for the entire year. You don't really have an MVP candidate coming out of the lineup. Other than the year Marcus Simeon did it, and you know, I still don't think he was a top uh, three guy personally. But, yeah, it, it, it's I think the reason why me and Nick personally have him as high as we do is because of consistency that, that's shown there. And they're the only team that really hasn't had much change in the, in the last year. So it, we'll, we'll see how it goes, man. But look, let, let's get to the fun part. Let's get to our awards here. We're going to start off the Rookie of the Year. Nick, man, who's your Rookie of the Year for the AL West? I got Jared Kelenic from the Mariners. I think he plays a lot this season, and I think that he balls out. I think he surprises the league, and I think nobody makes adjustments to him, and he has a really good season. All right, man. What about you, Rob? Yeah, I have the exact same pick. Uh, I think, you know, Kellenic is going to come up, and I think this is uh, kind of like Kyle Lewis last year. It's a game of opportunity. I think Kellenic's going to get that opportunity to take that trophy home. This division was hard. We don't, there's not a lot of rookies to, to really, um, you know, Jared Kellenic being the big one. But for me, I'm actually, I actually have Joe Adele. He tasted the major leagues last year. He still has rookie eligibility. He's in an absolutely stacked lineup where all he pretty much has to do is hide in there, you know, do his job. He should be starting over Dexter Fowler. Dexter Fowler is is not a major league outfielder anymore. He's not the person he was when he was in Colorado. So I think he'll get a lot of playing time because of that. And I think the Angels also want him to get playing time. All right, let's move on to Cy Young. And I know that none of us were excited about making this pick. But I'll start off with Rob. Rob, who's your Cy Young pick in the AL West? 
Yeah, so originally I was going to go with Jesus Luzardo, but after thinking about it, I'm going to change my pick to Zag Greinke um, simply because I think that, you know, thinking on Oakland's inconsistencies, I think that Zag Greinke's in a position with Houston where he's been in that spot before where he's a number one guy, and that's what he's going to have to do until Justin Verlander can come back, and I think he can handle it. So I'm going to take Greinke. I'm going to agree with you. I also have Zach Greinke, and here's my reasoning. If the Astros are going to be where we have them at, and even as low as I have them at, and I only have them at 88 wins, if they're going to be anywhere near that, they need Zach Greinke. It's not well, it's not an optional thing. They need him to be a guy who's going to be the gap stop every fifth day. They're going to need him to be consistent throughout the season. And to be honest with you, across the rest of the AOS, you don't have any big aces. You don't have anyone that you're, that you're really excited about right now. Your best arms are either Hurt and Justin Verlander, not probably going to be on the mound much like Shohei Otani, or just guys that are too young and like a Hazel Lazardo, or just all up in the air like a Mike Fair. So, so for me, that, that's Zach Greinke because of those reasons. Not an exciting way to pick it. Uh, Nick, how about you, man? Who do you have as your Cy Young? I'm going Frankie Montas because he's shown flashes of absolute dominance, and I think he puts it all together all this year. And there's, <laughs> if I could choose no one, I would have, <laughs> but I had to choose somebody. So I'm going to go with Frankie Montas. Let's hope he stays off those uh, PEDs this year. Um, no, let's just hope he doesn't get caught because I'm okay with guys <laughs> taking PEDs. Just don't get caught. There you go. Use the Manny pregnancy plan. Go go ahead and uh, show up like if you have a baby. All right, let's go. Let's go to MVP, man. Uh, both of you guys have the same guy, so I'll start with you, Nick. Who's your MVP? Is Mike Trout? I don't know why there would be another option. I would only choose another option if he wasn't allowed to be picked but yeah it's Mike Trout he's the best player in the game <laughs> all right man yo what about what about you Rob best player in baseball yeah look you know what I I agree with you Mike Trout is probably the league MVP once again this year but just to change it up and make things a little interesting I put in his uh partner in crime there Anthony Rendon I think he's gonna have a lot of opportunities I think if we're ever gonna see a Barry Bonds type year out of Mike Trout this will be it you know what I mean yet yeah, there's so many pieces in that lineup that I don't know, man. I think Aaron Anthony Rendon is going to have some opportunities there. So hopefully he can come through with those. But look, man, we wrapped up the AL West. The AL West is – I don't like that plan. It's just not exciting. Like I don't I don't see them and think World Series contender anywhere. And maybe that's wrong to say because they have, you know, the Astros who have been in the World Series. But, guys, just, just some ending thoughts, man. What, what are your ending thoughts about the AL West? I'll start with you, uh, Nick. Um, it's going to be fun to watch. Luckily, I'm a local guy to the Oakland A's, so I get a lot of their of their playback and get to hear a lot about them. And they're going to be a fun team to watch. Uh, I'm not looking forward at all to watching the Mariners or the Rangers. Sorry, fans of those teams. But I just, I'm not a, a young stud kind of guy. I've never been a prospect guy. I want to see them do it. I challenged Mike Trout for the first three years of his career. Like, can he do it again? Can he do it again? Can he do it again? And then he did. And then I got to say he's the best in the game, but I really want them to prove it. And everything on those team is potential. And they're just, they're just such badly run organizations that I don't have any sort of positivity going towards them this year. So looking to see if the top half stays heavy, wouldn't be surprised if two teams have a hundred wins because of how weak the bottom side of it is. Rob, what about you, man? What are you on this AOS for your ending thoughts? Yeah, I think it's it's definitely going to be an interesting division to watch. Uh, yeah, I think your your focus is on those top three teams, Houston, Oakland, and, and the Angels. And yeah, I think the reason why they're going to be so interesting is because even though you don't necessarily, I don't think you pick either one of those teams, Houston, Oakland, or the Angels to necessarily be one of your favorites for a title this year. They're definitely one of those teams that if they do make the postseason, because one of those teams obviously will take this division, they're a team who can just spoil it for anyone. Like they, they're a team who can, who can be the underdog going into the postseason, but you know, end up in the world series and taking it all. So yeah, definitely interesting to see how this division turns out. All right, man, that pretty much wraps it up. I'm going to say, I'm like, again, I don't know, today's a hot take Wednesday for me, but with Jared Clinic, I think his ceiling for me, and again, I know I'm about to get, like, shot up in, in Seattle. I can never go there. But do you guys remember Jacoby Ellsbury's, like, really good season? The one that he had, like, almost 30 homers, and he went off on RBIs when he was with the Red Sox? Like, like do, you, do you guys remember, like, that one year where he just showed out? Yes. That's that's my ceiling for 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 uh, Jerry Kelly. Like, I think that's 
the best we see seasons like that from him, which is, you know, it's not bad. Jacoby Ellsbury had a great season. He probably should have won MVP that year. Actually, no, he had some pretty good people up against, but he was he was really good that year. And if Kalenic could do that, first of all, if he could do that consistently, awesome. If he can show that every once in a while, awesome. So it's not really like a bad thing, but I don't see him being much better than that. All right, guys, we're getting out of here. We'll catch you guys next time on the next episode. We'll see you guys later. Enjoy, enjoy the spring baseball, man. It's, it's almost here. You can smell, you can smell the baseball in the air already. You got some, some, some crazy shit happening out there. Catch you guys later. Peace.